Johnny Summers, you know what'll go really great with just a, a nice tasty donut from a small donut shop in Texas? Usually craft beer. <laughs> craft beer, my friend. You know me all too well. I'm, of course, referring to my favorite place to get craft beer here in town, which is the Handlebar, located at 2070 East 20th Street. Why don't you tell me and all the folks listening about their brilliant happy hour? It's brilliant. Uh, seven days a week, 2 to 6 p.m., you're going to get a dollar off draft beers. That's right. Every single one of their 28 craft beers. They also have a nice dog-friendly patio that they just recently finished remodeling. Was having a beer out there just this last weekend. It was beautiful. So you should go check them out. Again, that's the Handlebar right here in Chico, 2070 East 20th Street. Bring your own donuts. Why don't we begin? This is Fresh Hop Cinema. Yes, it is Fresh Hop Cinema. Welcome to it. This is a show about the worlds of craft beer and film. I'm Max Minardi. I'm Johnny Summers. Thanks for joining us once again. This week on the show, our review of Red Rocket, a film from director Sean Baker. It's the story of Mikey Saber, played here by Simon Rex, a washed-up porn star plotting his return to the big time from small-town Texas. We've got beers this week coming to us from as near as our home base of Chico and as far as the southern coast of Norway. Two collaborations, four breweries, and as always, two beers total. So stay tuned. If you're listening on KZFR 90.1 FM, we hope you're having a wonderful Thursday evening. But unfortunately, you won't be hearing this episode in its entirety. You're only going to get the first beer review and the spoiler-free portion of our discussion of Red Rocket. Yeah, Johnny, but if they wanted to hear the full conversation, which includes spoilers for Red Rocket, our review of a second beer, uh, which, by the way, is a multinational pastry stout that I believe is 16% alcohol by volume, and of course, our favorite segment of the show, Hot and Bothered, where could they go? They could go to Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, any place like that. New episodes drop every Thursday evening at 5.30 p.m. That means it's available to all of our radio listeners right now. If you like the show, please leave us a five-star rating and or review on Apple Podcasts and definitely let us know you did. Mm -hmm. We love that kind of thing. Get a hold of us on social media. You can follow the show on Instagram for photos, Letterboxd for film reviews, and Untapped for beer reviews, all at Fresh Hop Cinema or freshhopcinema.com. Yeah, and just for a little sneak peek, next week on the show, we'll be drinking two beers from Bike Dog Brewing out of Sacramento that Johnny will be providing for us, and also covering King Richard. It is the Academy Award-nominated biopic from director Rinaldo Marcus Green, starring Will Smith as the father of Venus and Serena Williams. Ever heard of them? Uh, if you see it or if you've uh, seen or drank any of the things we're going to be discussing on the show today, you can email all of your thoughts to fhccast at gmail.com. We will read those emails and might even play or read them on the air. And if you guys like us, which obviously you do, you're here. And if you want to be even more involved with us and you want more me and more Max, you should join Patreon. That's where you can get bonus content every single week. We have multiple veins of conversation that we journey down on our bonus episodes. We cover all kinds of stuff. It's really, really quite entertaining, if I do say so myself. We have fun doing those. Also, if you like hanging out at bars and you like us, there's a chance that you could do both if you join Patreon because we've got a bar hang coming up. Yeah, we absolutely do. You can't, we're not going to tell you the details here. It's very exclusive to people on Patreon. Speaking of people on Patreon, quick shout out to our patron, Zach Staggs, whose birthday it is uh, the day of this recording. So Zach, happy birthday, dude. I uh, hope to see you. Um, I don't think we've seen, well, we haven't seen a lot of people recently. Our sort of events have been kind of um, all over the place because of everything in the world. But I mm -hmm. uh, hope to see you soon, man. Love to share a beer with you to celebrate your birthday. Again, if you want to support the show, that's patreon.com slash fresh hop 
cinema. Enough with housekeeping, dude. Let's get into beers. Um, you've it's sort of an interesting week in that uh, normally we get beers just from a bottle shop and you pick them out and bring them. And that's not the case this week, right? No, this week's beers, they're all gifts from friends. Okay, great. That's the theme. It's worth noting these were gifts to you, not me specifically. Unless they were, were they gifts to the show or to you? Let's say for the show. Sure. Right? Let's say that. <laughs> It'll make Max feel better. These were 100% gifts for the show. Perfect. Just our lovely, dedicated listener base. Yeah. Uh, what's first? Tell me about what we're drinking. So the first beer we're going to be covering is called A Force for Good. It is from Creature Comforts out of Athens, Georgia, and Sierra Nevada out of right here in Chico, California. It is an imperial brown ale that clocks in at 12.8%. Yeah. It's got some stuff in it, too. It's got Amberana. Oh, yeah. We'll talk about some of that yeah. in a minute. Um, yeah, so I, I was looking this up too, cause I actually hadn't heard of this. We've done stuff from creature comforts in the past. Um, can you remember the na- Tropicalia is an IPA we've covered and there's one more that is sort of, I think more of their flagship IPA and the name's escaping me. But uh, the point is I've really enjoyed creature comforts over the years. Obviously I, I think I like Sierra Nevada more than you do, but we both uh, like Sierra Nevada to some mm-hmm. extent. Um, anyways, on the creature comforts website about a force for good, the beer we're about to drink, they have this to say. This year's A Force for Good, so it's a it's a beer they do on semi-regularly. Uh, collaboration beer is made with our friends at Sierra Nevada Brewing Co. Borrowing from the philosophies of both our barrel programs, we created a Jamaican rum barrel-aged imperial brown ale with Brazilian Amberana wood. After conditioning on the Amberana wood, this beautiful beer presents warming notes of cinnamon, caramel, allspice, and nutmeg. 100% of the profits from this beer will go toward... Get comfortable, which I don't know about. Maybe we can talk about that in a minute if you know anything. I do not. We should pull up some info on that. I'm assuming it's a, a charity ran by Creature Comforts. That would be a pretty safe bet. I can look into that. But I've noticed you have uh, tasted yours. Off the bat, Imperial Brown Ale is a bit of an oxymoron for me because we often talk about an Imperial Stout mm-hmm. and how different that can be from a traditional Brown Ale, particularly in terms of mouthfeel and viscosity. I'm wondering on your first sip if this is more like a thick stout or or drinks more thin like a brown ale might more traditionally. It's like somewhere in the middle. It's really interesting. This is a weird beer, man. It's, <laughs> uh, it's why it's weird, but it's fun. It's confusing. Uh, it kind of immediately smelled insanely boozy, like I was just going to drink liquor. Um, but then it really opens up and has all these wild notes. I definitely get the rum. The Amberana is a flavor unto itself. It's such a unique adjunct. You'll tell me more about that. Sure. In a uh, but it is, yeah, it's heavy on the booze for sure. Almost a 13% brown ale. That's unheard of, but it, it's nice and sweet. I'm just deciding if it's more, it's very hot. Like I can still feel my chest from like, well, yeah, it's super strong. Yeah. Like, I guess that makes sense. The little sip I just took, but I like it so far. Have you had a chance to try it yet? No, not yet, but I was looking into, um, the uh, the get comfortable and I'm I'm sort of skimming real quick the the creature comforts website and they have this to say while there is an infinite list of worthy causes in our community discomfort emerges whenever any need goes unmet so rather than tether our corporate giving to a specific charity the get comfortable campaign channels the generosity of many towards the greatest local needs after all it is only once we understand the need uh, that we can select the agencies doing the most to meet it. And it is only once we have identified these nonprofits that we can invite others to direct their resources where they matter most. This is serving made simple. Um, so a little background. If you want to know more, you can find that uh, information on the Creature Comforts Brewery website. So to answer your question, no, still haven't tried it, uh, which I realize doesn't give you much to uh, to go from. But <laughs> you've had a second drink, so I'm going to put you on the spot again. Anything different? You'd like it more or less on the second? Well, you know, I'm just looking for complexity. I think it's 
it's a fairly straightforward beer. There's a ton of barrel. It's really rum forward. Like it, the, yeah. this beer soaked up a lot of rum. And I'm wondering if that's kind of like because a brown ale has maybe not so much complexity. It's kind of like when you cook with chicken. Yeah, it's totally. going to just, just take soak in tofu? anything. Tofu, hundred yeah. percent. And um, it's just real heavy on the rum. Which, if you're a rum fan, you're gonna dig it. Uh, I think the cinnamon notes from the Ambrana is his. Hmm. It almost adds a spiciness to it that I don't know if I'm I'm really super enjoying. Yeah, so we've said it a couple of times. Ambarana, um, also known as Umbarana, or if you speak Portuguese, Serajeira, uh, is is yeah, it's a type of wood that grows um, in in the Andes Mountains in Brazil and other neighboring countries. And most of the time, it's used for lumber, but occasionally, like right now, it's been turned into barrels to finish. Uh, in this case, this beer. But if you've ever had the um, Brazilian, I think it's a liqueur, but I'm not positive. Um, it's called cachaça. Um, you, you've seen the uh, like it's everywhere, and I I think I've had it once or twice, but it's a sugar cane based um spirit i think it's it's almost like rum so it makes sense that they would use this wood uh, creature comforts would use this wood um to sort of elicit some of those flavors because i'm getting what you're tasting there's a ton of that cinnamon but it's very very boozy almost yeah almost like a hard alcohol especially and i've had one sip and it's like really really still there mm-hmm. um and it's sort of slowly kind of dripping its way down my inside and just yeah. like kind of you know greasing the pipes the spear so to speak the spear's hot i'm gonna take a second drink take a second drink yeah, the cinnamon notes that I'm getting from that wood almost add, I can't tell if it's more heat or more spice, but it's just, it's, I don't know if it's entirely pleasant. And it's so rum heavy. It's very boozy. Uh, it it feels way more boozy than beerish, if that is an analogy yeah. that makes any sense. I can't wait till we get to our second beer of the show where we're doing 16%, because I feel like we're going to look, we should save some of this one and just revisit it at the end of the show during Hot and Bothered or something and be like, mm, how does it compare to that? Because I'm with you. This is like this the booziest thing I've had um, in a pretty long time. And I will I will answer one of those questions for you. It is not entirely pleasant. There, yeah. are, there are some very unpleasant aspects to this. Um, there's a flavor in particular I picked out on my second drink. It's something sort of, not medicinal in in that it tastes like sometimes we say things taste like cough syrup or something. Not that kind of medicinal. Medicinal. Um, more like a sterilizing agent that mm. you would find in a hospital. There's something like like an antiseptic like Clorox or something. I'm gonna try it again. It's not quite that um, uh, chemical, but there is something there that is part of what I would uh, lump into the unpleasant descriptors. Could of it be rum? It might be, dude. Like there's, yeah. I mean, it's a really really booze forward kind of beer. Uh, still deciding. I'm I'm trying to decide if it's unique enough that it's that sort of facet of it's going to outweigh the objective, to some extent, unenjoyment I have while drinking it. Yeah, what's getting me is is the heat right up front, and then it's got really close to cloying sweetness. For sure. Like, I'm just going to say it's like a cloying sweetness. I think that's the right word. Yeah. It, it applies. It's not almost there. It's there. It reminds me of a cocktail that is overly sweet. Yeah, but that also has way too much liquor in it. Yeah, yeah. When you when you stick your nose in there and smell it, there's right up front is sort of like a toffee caramel kind of thing. But if you keep inhaling, that's when you do you get that too. It's like purely alcohol. It's rubbing alcohol. It smells like rubbing. Maybe that's what it was, dude. Yeah. Not Clorox or anything fancy. It was, I think, rubbing alcohol. Yeah. It's just so intensely alcoholic. What a weird way to enunciate that. Alcoholic, <laughs> alcoholic. Um, that it's throwing me, man. Um, I'm gonna take another drink. Yeah. I think I, I think I kind of like it. I don't hate it. Like it's definitely not the worst beer that we've ever done for sure. But it's, 
got that alcoholy it, it's bordering astringent. Yeah. It's pretty band-aid-y too. Yeah. I don't know. Um 16 ounce can, by the way, which is a lot. It's a big beer. I'd like to I wish I would have done some more research on sort of the history of this collaboration and how long Creature Comforts has been making this beer, slash getting our hands on other variations might be pretty fun too. Um yeah, I'm I'm not super, super wild about this one. I think I'm getting close to being able to rate it out of ten if you're feeling that way. Yeah, I'm pretty middle of the road. There's there's a ton of date notes. Some yeah, like prunes, chewy dates. prunes, mm. stone fruity weirdness happening. It's an intriguing combination. It's intriguing for me in that I like it and then moments later I feel like I hate it. Yeah. It feels like an unhealthy relationship. Yeah. This beer does. Like I feel like I'm in an abusive relationship with this beer right now. Then there's really, really high highs and low lows. Yeah. I I think the stuff you're describing, the the, the dates and the prunes and even the stuff that I mentioned, the the caramel and the toffee notes are the best parts of this, but they're so quickly overshadowed by all of that sort of, yeah, like medicinal alcohol vibes that it's just i don't know that it's gonna pan out for me in a super satisfying way i I don't think i'd ever drink this again no i don't hate it but it's too hot it's just too astringent it's too sweet it's too much of too many things so then johnny summers tell me is this a force for good is it a force for sort of mediocrity bad what is it out of 10 my friend well i'd say it's a force for slightly less than mediocrity okay this is going to be like a 3.8 for me. Oh, that's pretty low. That's the lowest you've got in a while, my friend. Yeah. Uh, yeah, care to elaborate? It's just not a pleasant drinking experience. Uh, it, it has brief moments of being enjoyable, but I've spent more time trying to figure out why I shouldn't hate this beer yeah. than why I like it. And yeah. a beer should be right up front with why you should like it. It shouldn't be secretive. It shouldn't be hiding yeah. its deliciousness away for you to figure out. Yeah. You know, this isn't an A24 movie. This I was is a beer. just going to make That's so funny you say that. I really like the parallels between sort of the beer and movie worlds, especially the experience of those things, because mm-hmm. often you can you can draw some similarities. But the biggest difference is that when I go into a movie – I don't necessarily expect to uh, to always have a good time or feel good or enjoy it even. Mm-hmm. Like you're there for an, a certain experience, you know? And that experience could be sort of simmering in somebody's trauma for 90 minutes, and that's not fun. But there's no beer that's been made that's like, you're not going to like this, and that's the point. It's going to be gross and bother you, and we did our job. I think, objectively speaking, you should probably enjoy the beer you're drinking. Yeah, I uh, mean, that's why I drink beer. Right. So I'm going to go ahead and agree with you. So, Max, what do you rate A Force for Good out of 10, a gift man. from our dear friend, Big Brian? Oh, man. Uh, well, why did you tag that like that? <laughs> Just to be- no, I don't know, man. It's a 3 out of 10. Like, it's, you know, it's it's um, made for good conversation. I don't know that I've had two sort of a spectrum of flavor that has been so broad in a beer in the past, you know, very long time, one that I've sort of enjoyed, but then almost moments later just despised to some extent. So... That makes it a memorable beer, I suppose. So a three out of 10 for memorability, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> and again, that's a force for good. Uh, once again, you are listening to Fresh Hop Cinema, possibly on a Thursday evening on KZFR 90.1 FM. If you get a chance to try a force for good from Creature Comforts and Sierra Nevada, we want to know what you think for better or for worse. So please don't hesitate to reach out. If you post a cute pic of yourself drinking it on your Instagram, Facebook stories, tag us at Fresh Hop Cinema or any other beer for that matter. Mm-hmm. We like getting tagged and stuff. Just do it. You can also email us at fhccast at gmail.com. Or if you're enjoying the show, please leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Now we're going to play you a trailer for this week's movie, Red Rocket. But do not be disheartened. No spoilers in the next segment. You said you're never going to step a foot in Texas again. I know. This is unexpected. Oh, nothing with you is unexpected. 
your last job is over 17 years ago. That's quite a gap. Well, you know, I've worked almost every day for the last 17 years. I moved back in with my wife last week. Oh, okay. Call the cops. We decided to make a run of it. I just need a place to crash for a couple of days. What's the big deal? Nike, go fuck yourself. All right, look, I'm going to be straight with you. I'm an adult film actor. Excuse me? So why are you back, Mr. Hollywood? Hey, Mikey, welcome back, dude. I'm on top of my game right now on, like, every single possible level. Physical stamina, my mind is sharp. I'm taking 5-HTP for serotonin in my brain. Yeah. With my skill and ability, there's no denying what I can do. The universe is on my side, bro. Before long, it'll be like we're still married. We are still married. I'm doing this tonight. You're probably gonna start a fight. What's your name? Everybody calls me Strawberry. You're like an extraterrestrial around here. Come fuck with me. Not. I loved you. Where were you? This cute little town called None of Your Fucking Business, Texas. I hope you had a good fucking time. Fuck it. I'm gonna get paid for doing the thing I love most. And as long as you're not hurting anybody, you do you, man. I'm not afraid to fight you. I don't give a What the fuck? He fucker punched me. I would 100% out cardio that guy. Fuck. Sorry for swearing. The shit got out of control. I came this fucking close to getting shot. This fucking close. The dog's like, oh, he's a good man. I can tell by his nice energy. Your persona non grata. Life's sweet, Sophie. Life is sweet. If you're just joining us, you're listening to Fresh Hop Cinema, a show about the worlds of craft beer and film, maybe on a Thursday evening on KZFR 90.1 FM. If you'd like, you can subscribe to Fresh Hop Cinema on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts to hear this discussion today in its entirety. It'll be available right now, actually. So if you finish the show and you just can't get enough, head over to your favorite your favorite? Your favoriteist. <laughs> or to your favoriteist. Uh, I like that podcast platform to hear the entire thing. What you did just hear was a trailer for Red Rocket. Here's a brief synopsis. Mikey Saber, who is a charismatic con man and washed up porn star, plots his return to the big time from small town Texas in this story of an American hustler and a hometown that barely tolerates him. Johnny Summers, tell me more. Red Rocket was released at the Cannes Film Festival in July 2021. It opened in limited theaters in December of the same year. It became available to purchase on video on demand the second week of February mm -hmm. and will be available to rent on March 15th. Screenplay was from Sean Baker and longtime writing collaborator Chris Bergosh. Uh, he includes collaborations. Mm -hmm. uh, the included, they did this together. Nice. Star <laughs> Starlet, <laughs> Tangerine, and The Florida Project. Sure. Cinematographer on this film was Drew Daniels. Music in the film was by J.C. Chazé. That sounds familiar. He's a member of NSYNC. Keep reading. I was hoping I would get you by the end of it. I nope. didn't know you'd catch on the yeah. first name. Chris Kirkpatrick, Joey <laughs> Fatone, Lance Bass, and Justin Timberlake. Yeah. Those are all famous members of the boy band NSYNC. Yeah. It ran two hours and eight minutes long. I just wrote that because I, you know, I could be wrong, but there's only one bit of music in this movie, mm -hmm. and it's the use of the song Bye Bye Bye. Mm -hmm. It happens, I'm going to say, three times. It happens once in the beginning, once in um, a live performance by a character, and mm -hmm. once again at the end. We'll call it a recapitulation of sorts. With your 50 cent words. Let's uh, let's get into this, man. Um, Sean Baker, we both loved the Florida Project, the film he did back in, 
oh, what do you think, 2018 or maybe 2019 sounds right to me. I thought it was 17. Mm, who knows what time is anymore. Yeah, but the point is, we both really like that. He sort of has this tendency in his films to capture um, little snapshots of sort of rarely observed American small town life. Um, and this movie is no different. Uh, what did you, I don't know, how do you want to kick this off? I'm sure we both have thoughts on, on Red Rocket. So maybe I'll just throw it to you for your general thoughts first. So I read the synopsis 30 seconds before I watched this movie. Okay. So I went in virtually blind. Sure. Um, and what I found was a very Sean Baker movie. Mm-hmm. Like if you're familiar with his work, it has a very familiar feel. And that feel is somewhere between beautiful and filthy. I love the the way that he makes you feel immersed in an environment, be it a town, a place, or like a motel, like in sure, Florida Project. Sure. Um, yeah, it, it's just, it's fascinating the way he puts you and ingrains you into this little slice of the world that you've never even thought about. And then you are dipped into these people's problems. And it was... You know, it was kind of a, a drama slash dark comedy. It doesn't I'd say, like, yeah, like it's way more. If you went in thirty seconds reading the synopsis and, the, and then you watched it, like, yeah, you could. I mean, charismatic con man, a washed up porn star, plots his return to the big time of small town Texas, and this story of an American hustler and a whole like jump jump cartoon. It sounds what a stupid way to try to say that. It sounds like it could be a comedy. Well, different director. This would have been like a early two thousands Ben Stiller movie for sure. So just going off the plot. Yeah, it sounds like it could be very silly, but then you have to couple your expectations with who's directing it. And this movie left me feeling enamored with these people's lives Mm -hmm. and just the the silver tongue of of our main character. Uh, It was a real, real deep look at some depravity and some some deep hustler mentality. And the the aesthetics of this movie are what I kept going back to after I stopped. We finished it, and I was just thinking back, man. It was somewhere between like this Sherbert tinted Mm -hmm. landscape mixed with just this filthy, grimy underbelly, and that's what he achieves in his movies so well. It's it's like the dichotomy of you know the light and the dark, and like the beauty and the ugliness inside the beauty. Uh, there's a lot of metaphor in just the aesthetics of his films, which yeah. you can read as much or as little into that as you want. But as someone who watches a ton of movies, I just appreciate that, that there's more to it and there's thoughtfulness yes. to his camera placement, to his just everything. There's some cool, not long shots, but longer than average shots oh, sure. where you follow a character down a road, up a driveway, into a front door. Sure. And just little things like that. It so makes you feel like you're just sitting in this yard yep. that you're it really ingrains you in the substance of it mm-hmm. and i liked uh what's his name simon rex yeah the actor that plays yes. uh Mikey Saber. I, 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 you have to refresh me on what else he's been in but i really enjoyed him you recognized him though i from something that's I okay yeah sure you'll tell me uh but i i loved also the fact that as he is known to do sean baker did not use many, if any, well-known actors, right. which gives the film such a feeling of genuineness um, that it's so identifiable. You know, mm-hmm. this could be every town USA. Right. And you know, the problems in this this movie and the drama and the things that propel the plot, um, I think are secondary to just the, the impact it has on the characters. Fair enough. But I really like this movie. I walked away feeling like I watched something worthwhile. It was entertaining. 
both mentally and aesthetically. It was beautiful to look at. It was thought-provoking. It was a little bit of everything, and it was definitely a Sean Baker movie. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're going to keep coming back to that, but it had his fingerprints all over it, and I really liked it. What What did you think? Uh, okay, a couple things. Number one, Simon Rex, um, as an actor, is not somebody that... He's got that kind of face where he looked familiar to me, too, but then I looked uh, into his filmography... And there's sort of a large smattering of things. Like he's been in some films, like he was in um, like the scary movie franchise. He was in a National Lampoon movie, I think called Pledge This. Um, he was in What I Like About You. He also did, maybe I won't say, he, 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 he had a stint in MTV for a while there in the early 90s. And that's all I'll say there. He was also in a rap group with Andy Milanakis and somebody else, uh, Riff Raff. Called okay. Three Loco. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> um, so, so uh, you know, uh, a bit of a thespian in, in in some senses. So, I wanted to close that loop really quickly. But in general, getting back to the film, I I liked it a lot. I think a lot of what you're talking about is very much on point, especially as it pertains to sort of the overarching uh, themes and motifs of Sean Baker movies in general. Um, Drew Daniels, the cinematographer you mentioned, has a, has a great eye for this because it does feel like you're sort of just observing. You're just mm-hmm. kind of why there's there's not a lot of special effects in this movie. I can't think of any really. Yeah. Um and, and it just feels like like we're sort of just watching and and not terribly in a judgmental way. We're just sort of observing this town. I I like this movie quite a bit, man. Um it had I mean, you, you mentioned something about um uh, the context or the backdrop or something. What it made me think of was sort of what's happening in this movie and on the sort of fringes and what's happening. This takes place maybe 2016 it's during the the election and there's a lot of clips of like donald trump and it this texas town is a, is, an, is an oil town so mm-hmm. there's this refinery that keeps showing up and and the idea of the american dream and sort of what it means to be successful and a hustler and like where your morals should be and all that is, a, is something that i always find um sort of propelling as a character device um i dug it quite a bit man um there's some stuff that starts happening and i i don't know how much we can give away here or even want to before we get into spoilers but um there is a relationship that gets explored between two people who are of different ages and it is illegal. And a lot of the film is about that. And, um, I think that is, uh, worth talking about when we can spoil some stuff. Um, I guess what I'm trying to say is I have a lot of thoughts about this that Mm -hmm. mostly have to do with spoiling some things that I don't want to give away here. Okay. So for now, I'll just say, I think it's great. I think Simon Rex does a great job as sort of like, just a despicable dude. Yeah. But he's very likable. Right. And I, that bothers me. That's the thing about hustlers and people that can con themselves into anything. They're total uh, yeah. pieces of garbage. I don't think it's a coincidence that all of the Trump stuff is in there. <laughs> uh, like, arguably, um, one of the more charismatic, maybe politicians ever. Mm-hmm. Um, and then if you take any look at him, sort of from an ethical, moral perspective, I don't think there's much debate <laughs> as to sort of his character. Um Whatever. And I think that can make a successful politician a lot of the time. But the commentary on how that can help you get ahead as it pertains especially to our character here is like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to be sort of running short on time here in a minute. Um, and I know I've sort of floundered my way through any real thoughts in an effort to sort of hold off on spoilers. But yeah. are you okay if we just rate it for now and then maybe talk more after uh, we get into the danger Oof. zone? You're leaving the KZFR listeners really wanting. You're it's like all strategy, baby. You're team captain of uh, <laughs> the vague army today. Again, the episode's out now. You can check it out on a podcast platform if you want. That's Whatever. Fine. Yeah, let's rate it. Let's rate it. Uh, okay, uh, after you. Out of 10, I suppose. Ooh, out of 10, I'm going to give this an 8.4. It's a pretty solid rating. Yeah. 8.4. Uh, I accidentally wrote 5.4 for you. Don't want to keep that down. Um, For me, man, it's going to be 
you know, like a, I think it's a solid eight. I'd like to revisit it. There's a lot of sort of, um, yeah, a lot of commentary, a lot of metaphor, a lot to process mm -hmm. in, in a movie that, that was almost, you know, just over two hours long. Yeah. Um, so eight, I'm going to try to revisit it. And that's where I'm at for now. Johnny Summers, do you have any more thoughts on Red Rocket? I think it's worth a watch. I think that's the bottom line. Yeah, you should tune into the rest of the episode if you want to hear why. Yeah, all right. Once again, you've been listening to Fresh Hop Cinema, possibly on KZFR 90.1 FM. Like we said, Red Rocket is currently available to purchase on video on demand on most major platforms. If it had the sorts of effects on you that it had on us, or if your opinions made you want to say <clears throat> bye, bye, bye. Let us know. You can find us. I'm sorry. You can find us on social media at Fresh Hop Cinema or send an email to fhccast at gmail.com or just head over to our website, freshhopcinema.com, for film reviews, beer reviews, and episodes of this show dating all the way back to the year of our Lord, 2016. And to our KZFR listeners, thank you for tuning in. We'll catch you next week and every Thursday at 5.30 p.m. on KZFR 90.1 FM, people-powered radio. As a reminder, if you want to hear the rest of today's conversation, which includes spoilers for Red Rocket, a review of a 16% pastry stout from Norway, plus the electrifying, sensational, and exhilarating Hot and Bothered segment, head over to your favorite podcast app and subscribe to Fresh Hop Cinema because it's ready right now. And to those of you already listening on your preferred podcast app, we'll be right back with The Danger Zone. Danger Zone. Danger Zone. Danger Zone. Danger Zone. Johnny Summers, are you ready? Yes. Okay, because we're in it, my oh, friend. Oh, God. We're in the danger zone. It's a portion of the podcast where we spoil uh, the movie. And by saying that, we're giving you one last heads up. If you haven't had a chance to see Red Rocket, uh, that's your last alert. Your la last alert? That can't be right. Your last warning, I guess. Intruder alert. Yeah. For uh, for Red Rocket, we're going to spoil some stuff. We, again, recommend you see it first. So you can look in the description of this episode. You can skip forward to the part where we go to our next beer if you don't want it spoiled. But if you don't care, welcome a freaking board. Yeah, man. We're doing it. We're doing it. So I had to Google what the age of consent in Texas is last night. Oh, I didn't even think about doing that. And now I'm on watch list, but also sure. it's 17. It is? Yep. Oh, that changes the whole movie, doesn't it? Yep. Well, that's dumb. Okay. <laughs> Man, okay. Okay. Uh, well, so let's talk about that. Um, let's set the scene. Yeah. Um, uh, Mikey has come back to Texas. He's clearly like a, a liar. You know, he shows up, he like walks himself from the bus station. He's gotten beat up and he has all these elaborate stories that he starts telling people, but he ends up conning his way into staying uh, with his, uh, his sort of, ex I think it's his ex-wife. He's still married. Yeah, strange wife. Um, and her mother. And soon enough, he's sort of like paying some bills and like, it seems like he's maybe on the right track. And then we walk into a donut shop, him and his estranged wife, Lexi, and her mother, Lil. And there's a child behind the bar of the donut shop working. Um, we find out her name is Strawberry. She is playing. Because of course it is. Of course it is. Like, it's the whole point. She's she's right up his alley in terms of like a young, hot, potential starlet that he can drag out to Hollywood and have sex with sometimes. Mm -hmm. I'm simplifying it a bit, but yeah. whatever. He becomes enamored. He asks her, oh, she says, Seven, I'll be 18 three weeks, I think is what she says. Mm -hmm. I remember being like, oh, that's clearly a point because well, she, she's not 17. And I, was, I wrote in my notes like, why? That's a point about this character. He's not He's not just going to wait. He's like, nope, I can't wait three weeks. I'm going to go after this thing now, mm -hmm. what I want. Um, but your little fact about the age of consent in Texas um, changes that. It's like, not really. I mean, he's still, like, he's not a 21-year-old guy. He's, what do you think, 40s? Yeah, mid-40s. She's too young for him. Yeah. Um, and that's sort of when the film really starts getting into ideas of, like, uh, porn culture, I guess. Mm -hmm. um, this movie is more explicit than I expected. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
in a lot of ways, visually um, and even dialogue-wise. Mm-hmm. There's some pretty uh, explicit discussions that are happening. It's mostly him bragging about sort of what a big shot he was in the in the porn industry. Yeah. Um, which I don't even think is true. Like, he just <laughs> lies all the time. Yeah. He's a really unlikable guy. He talks so much shit. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's a good way to kick it off. Yeah. Okay. Age of consent. 17. Which, yeah, it made his know. character feel less filthy, but only by like 10%. I guess less illegal. Yeah. I don't know if I'd say less filthy. Well, it's still filthy, but it's not criminally filthy. That's true. Um, okay. Where else do you want to go here? I've got some stuff in my notes we could talk about. Um, but do you have anything you want to hit on? Mm, I mean, the age of consent here is 18. So yeah. <laughs> oh, just hit on anything. Hey, <laughs> all right. Okay. Anything you got? I mean, is there anything jumping out to you? There's specific scenes we can get into, but I mean, it was really, the plot was fairly concise. Yeah. I mean, it didn't cover a ton of ground plot wise. Mm-hmm. The main point of this movie is just him hustling and starting to sell weed and like right. all the, the things he's trying to do. And then he finds this girl and she's the escape route. She's sure. the parachute that's yeah. going to save him because he's going to go and, you know, I thought that was like kind of the main point of the plot and then his relationship with his estranged wife mm-hmm. and, and living there. And I don't know. I thought it was intriguing and odd the way that their whole relationship was living in that house. Yes. But you know, they were using drugs and it was just, Mm -hmm. everything was just all fucked up. Yeah. I really liked the idea before I sort of committed to thinking he was a scumbag. I like a good redemption story. So I thought like maybe, yeah, maybe this movie's going to be about him going back, reuniting with his wife and sort of, you know, course correcting and making his life better. Yeah. That maybe wouldn't make for the greatest movie, I guess. Certainly not the most dramatic ride ever. But for a minute there, I was like, okay, this could be good. And then sure enough, he sort of starts being even worse to them. And mm-hmm. there's a scene where he sort of flips a switch. He disappears one weekend with, with Strawberry and then comes home and Lexi's kind of wondering where he went. And he just immediately snaps. is like, oh, that's how you're going to know all this stuff. And they start arguing. She throws a coffee pot at his head. Um, but I, I thought the, the dynamics between his relationship with Strawberry and Lexi uh, said a lot about him as a character. Like you think of the levels of responsibility in those two relationships. Like there's this kid that you just met that you can sort of dream about going back to a place where you thought you were successful, uh, or you have your wife who you've already failed a relationship with. You've clearly not treated really well. It's a lot of responsibility, but it also offers the opportunity for second chances and making his make, you know, making up for bad stuff he's done, but that requires a lot of maturity that he doesn't have. And just how much time was spent on building up those two separate relationships I thought was uh, a fun thing to explore. Yeah, and it was a, a good way to progress characters. Mm-hmm. Because, like I said, the plot doesn't go a great distance. It's all about the relationships and the dynamics between the characters in this small piece of the plot. Yeah. Because the way this movie played out, too, it felt like this was such a small chapter in, like, the fuckery of this guy's life. Dude. Like, you know he's just left awake. For sure. Of just destruction and sadness (laughs) and used up people behind him. Yeah. For a minute, he gets off the bus, you know, the very first time we see him, and he's, like, pretty beat up. And my first thing is, well, what happened to this guy? And like pretty quick, it's like, I don't, you don't have to tell me what happened. Like I kind of, like I could guess. Yeah. Clearly someone just beat him up and like he probably deserved it. Yeah. So whatever. You hear him talk for 30 seconds. You're like, okay. Yeah. Like I guess. somebody just wanted to punch you a can, lot. Can we talk about the Lonnie character, his neighbor? Yeah. Uh, dude that used to, um, for some context was used to be babysat by Lexi. Um, so he's got like maybe 10 years younger than, than, um, Mikey mm-hmm. and they start palling around. And there's like a whole little through line or, or side tangent of, of Lonnie going and, and dressing in military fatigues very badly, by the way, very unconvincingly. Yeah. Um, but then like getting called out for stolen valor in malls. And, and I was trying to figure out the significance of all that. 
Um, but I think it might just be more about the character of Lonnie and his sort of um, need for acceptance and stuff. Yeah, because he gloms on to, to Mike pretty, pretty, pretty quick. You know, you can tell, like, the one of the first things that Lonnie says to Mike is that, sure, I'll drive you. I yeah, got nothing, right. going, got nothing on. going on. <laughs> and, like, that's the last thing you want to say to a con man. Yeah. Because then they're, you're just theirs. Yes, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I actually thought even after sort of I got on board with Mikey and the way he treats Lexi and, and how exploitative he is of Strawberry, like maybe Lonnie would be sort of one avenue for decency. Mm-hmm. And then by the end, he's just he almost literally thrown him under the bus, mm-hmm. almost threw him under the semi-truck. Yeah. Um, and just abandons him too. He's just a, just a scumbag, but he's so charismatic and likable, which makes for a great character study, I think. Yeah, he's got that million-dollar smile and the silver tongue. And- yeah. Just a whole mess of drama to go with it. Yeah. So the things things come to a head when he tells Lexi, he's like, oh, she's finally sort of let her guard down. And so is her mom. At one point, the mom has, Lil has a conversation. She's like, look, I don't want my daughter getting hurt anymore. I need to know if you're in or out. And he like tries to dance around it and he's like, okay, I'm in. And then nobody's believing it. They believe it. Yeah. Because they're like, all right, second chance. And But we're like, he's going to blow it. Yeah. Well, they're and, also smoking meth. Yeah. Was it meth? I don't. Yeah, yeah I couldn't. It was meth. Sure. Whatever, there's multiple things can be bad. Um, but just because one, like just because you do meth doesn't mean you have to be screwed out of, you know, somebody telling you the truth about your future mm-hmm. and giving you their word. But he does, anyways. Um, he's like, all right, I'm leaving tomorrow. We're just fighting. He tries to blame it on her. Like, we're just fighting too much. It's not going to work out. Like, I, d- I don't want you to be upset. Like, I don't want to hurt you. And it's like, okay, you lying sack yeah. of shit. Um, whatever. Nothing gets said. And then he gets, they convince um, Leandria who was the one he went to to sell weed again when he was a kid. And her family like steals his money basically and like threatens him like, you get out of here, get out of this town. You're not welcome. He runs, but ass naked yeah. to, um, stick swinging to the backyard to talk to Leandre himself. She gives him 200 bucks and he walks his ass to, uh, strawberry's house. And that's when the third time we hear in sync, come on. And it's like played in reverse and all yeah. distorted. Um, which was the first clue to me that this is not reality at this point. Um, the second clue is when she comes out music video style. What's that video that, um, cherry she, pie? No, great example. It's not even a music video. It's a Carl's junior commercial. Oh. It's like Jessica Simpson. Somebody on like the hood of a Mustang yeah. within like a Eating car a cheeseburger. wash, that thing. Yeah. It's like that aesthetic, which is so, but it's the way he looks at women. Mm-hmm. It's the way he looks at strawberry. But I think I'd like to discuss maybe a little bit that ending and like, what you made of it, especially the last shot. We get this sort of, we get a, a look on his face that I wrote a couple things about. Yeah. I read that as delusion as well. Like yeah. this is just, we're seeing things through his lens for the first time. Yeah. And that's why the song's backwards. Like everything he thinks is just backwards from how it should be. Yeah, dude. And it's, it's a great scene the way it plays out. Cause it stays on his face for a minute. And I just, it, it sort of ends with this smile. The movie cuts to black after a smile. And it's not just like a normal smile. I wrote, uh, it's like a, re- it's like a regretfully happy smile, like a person sort of accepting their true nature, even though that nature is horrible. Yeah. <laughs> but it's easier than facing reality, which yeah. is that, you know, he's worthless and he, mm-hmm. he could still at least be sort of this big shot kind of exploitative porn star back in LA. Yeah. Like that smile, like, uh, at least I have her life left to ruin. Right. Like he still has an asset. There's still a tool around for him to grab and use. Totally. Um, I can't remember what I was listening to. It might've been, it might've been film spotting. That's a, a podcast I'm, I'm want to listen to, but they compared, and if it wasn't film spotting, I can't remember who it was. I apologize, but, they compared this character to um, 
Howard from Uncut Gems, <laughs> which I did not put together, but I was like, that's the exact same sort of blind optimism of like, there's always greener grass. You just got to get that next hustle, make that next deal. And like the frenetic pace at which both those characters sort of pursue those goals. Mm-hmm. Once they said that, I was like, that's so obvious. Like, it is stupid. I didn't think about that. But like, it's that, yeah, like that delusional sort of positivity and bulldozing anybody in your path to get what you perceive to be your, your own selfish goals. Yeah. And use anyone and just Doesn't destroy. Matter. Doesn't matter. Yeah, Ugh. it's it just that level of narcissism is is ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. Uh, my last thing, I hate Tid. I hated the way that um, like, what's Tid Strawberry uh, sang "Bye Bye Bye." There's like this trend of young kids. Why do they all sing like that, dude? I don't know. I was know. gonna ask but, you about that. Literally, off like air. every singer. It, it tends to be more of a female thing. I've noticed, but even some some male singers do this, and it's like this stupid like vowel fudging. Where instead of saying bye, they'll say like, I can't do it. Like, bye. Like, it's like, ba- it's like baby talking yeah. when you sing. And it drives me crazy. And I am so embedded in that hatred of this weird sort of vocal affect that I couldn't even, I don't, how did you read that scene? Because for me, it was just annoying. But I think it was supposed to be romantic and idealized, but it I thought drove it, me crazy. I wasn't annoyed, but I wasn't like impressed. Yeah. I wasn't like, yeah. oh, she's awesome. I also didn't think it was a great rendition. Like, it wasn't a cool arrangement. Yeah. It was just, you know. Oh, it's like instead of like I'm the song starts, I'm doing this tonight. It's like I'm, I'm. It's ugh, ugh. It makes me. Sick. It reminds me of like emo music phrasing. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. Whatever. It doesn't matter. <laughs> that's, oh, now the last. That's thing. a deeply personal gripe, though. It super is. I love it. I hope I'm not alone. Um, because some people don't care. They're like, that's fine. It's how people sing. It's like, no, it isn't. It's just so overdone. It's like becoming its yes. own style, yes. and it's like the people that think they get can get famous singing on tiktok or Dude, something it super is like that it's pretty rampant it's like that's the youtube inflection yeah yeah um and another thing i was hearing people talk about this was back during the election of donald trump they were exploring the psychology of people who were very um swayed by his talk about sort of the elite and and folks that look down on on average folks and it was this exploration of the psyche of sort of middle class and middle america or poor middle poor middle america and the way that we typically view or those people typically view um, poverty as sort of a transitional state because that's the only way to sort of believe in a future is that, okay, well, one day I'm going to come out of this, even if their family for generations has been poor. It's like it's the American dream kind of, but it's it's like that's why sort of the othering thing works. It's like, well, you're not poor because you're poor. You're poor because somebody else has taken your jobs or anything, any number of yeah. scapegoating. Um, and I think that ties into this movie quite a bit too. I just, I think the comparisons between 2016 election as the backdrop of this while the Mikey character is exploring sort of everything uh, is great for a rewatch. And I can't wait to tie in more things. Nice. I agree. It's definitely worth a rewatch. Yep. Uh, you got anything else on Red Rocket? Hmm. No, I don't think so. Do you want to drink an even stronger beer than the first one? <laughs> yes. Well, then let's do it. I'd like to start off this second beer with a pop quiz for you. What's up? Um, as specifically as you can, tell me the last time we drank a beer from Norway. On this podcast, obviously. December 2019. Man, that's a good guess. Are you sure it wasn't 2020? I have no idea. I don't either. Do you know what I'm saying? Are you thinking of one? No. You're, you're just throwing out a month? Yeah. You don't? Okay. Okay. You said th- guess. Dude, that's a really good guess, though. Um, <laughs> because Why did you get to that date? Feelings, man. Are you serious? Yeah. All right. That's insane. Because I got married in 2019, I went to Norway for my honeymoon, came back, and we did a beer for Christmas that year, which was from Norway, because I brought a few back. Mm. And it was called 
unless we did it on the Christmas bonus episode on our YouTube channel, which is still, I think, gold. But <laughs> it was called Chud. Do you remember this? Yeah. Um, Christmas. Ah, underground Dweller. Yeah. God. Something something underground It was dweller. bad. It was disgusting. Yeah. But we also did another one from Servicium called, I can't think of what it's called. The point is, it's been a while. Yeah. And we've it's not our first Norwegian beer, so I think we know what we're talking about when we rate this thing in a little while. We're basically Norwegian beer basically, enthusiasts. Yes. Um, so why don't you start off by telling me uh, the brewery's name of this, at least the, the Norwegian brewery, and then uh, we can uh, go from there. Yeah. It's a brewery called Lervig. By the way, I want to say I tried. I looked up the pronunciation for this in Norwegian. It's Lervig. It's like, leave. I'm not going to try. I couldn't get it. Um, I don't understand how to read uh, Norwegian. So we're calling it Lervig. Yeah, it's Lervig. Sure. Sure. Um, the beer is called yeah. Times 8. It is a bourbon barrel aged imperial pastry stout that's 16%. God. <laughs> so much. It's also a collaboration with Stillwater uh, Artisanal Ales. Yeah. So from Lervig, it is a bourbon barrel aged Times 8 collaboration with Stillwater Artisanal from the United States. When we made the original Times 8, we thought we could kill craft beer... <laughs> Craft, wait, what? what? <laughs> we thought we could kill craft beer. Wait, I can't read all of a sudden. You want to leave it in? Sure. All I don't right. care. People know I'm illiterate. <laughs> Think about fuck. All right. <clears throat> we thought we could kill craft with a beer ah. that brought an over-the-top 16% ABV imperial pastry stout together. I love it. With a Willy Wonka assortment of vanilla, cocoa, maple syrup, butterscotch, and coconut. But once again, we are mistaken. We forgot to age it in barrels. So to put the cherry on top of this ridiculous collab, we placed the beer in fresh bourbon barrels for a year to suck out all the spicy vanilla, oaky notes, and smooth, boozy finish. We're sure you're going to love this monster of a stout. Just make sure you bring an insulin shot and a <laughs> oh, pint of Pilsner to wash it down. I don't love that. <laughs> and a quote from our friend Lori, who brought it back from Wales. I got it from the bottle shop in Cardiff, Wales. Lervig is notoriously hard to get in uh, Norway due to booze laws, but we always did well getting it at the shop in Wales. Her assessment is silky, boozy, sweet, and fucking lush. Oh, thanks, Lori. Those are what a what an evocative description you've given us. Uh, oh my god, it smells so good, dude. That's true though. Um, it's hard getting yeah alcohol in in Norway. Um, there's the the place that we went the most was um, I think it was called Vin Monoplé, which was it's a government owned sort of regulated bottled shop okay it's super weird um you also can't get beer on certain days of the week hmm. and it's crazy it's wild um you've made some faces yeah you've smelled tasted reacted to yeah. this beer um lay it on me i'm a happy happy boy this okay. is so good okay let me try it oh dear god there is so much going on here and yeah it's super sweet but it's a pastry stout it's supposed to be sweet you have to resign yourself to that there's enough heat from the barrel to kind of cut through some of the just absurdly sweet notes of this beer but i immediately smelled just decadent milk chocolate and i'm tasting is like a ton of butterscotch oh it's, nice it's yeah. really up front mm -hmm. with the butterscotch for me i think the coconuts kind of blending into a, like a vanilla type thing happening i don't discern coconut really distinctly but i'm loving the butterscotch do you are you getting any maple syrup either or is this just all a cuvee of adjuncts that yeah. are coming through to assault your your mouth you know that spot in the candy aisle in the grocery store where like you sort of none of it's good 
I think you do. We have we have similar ish candy tastes. Like we like sour stuff, sour and gummy. Like I'll just pass by the chocolate stuff that's on like the second row from the bottom, mm-hmm. and I'll just look at like Skittles and Starburst and whatever. Yeah. But there's a section, and that makes me think of this beer or vice versa. It's got like your Hershey's bars and like your Twix and like Milk Duds and like it's those sections of the shelf in this beer. Mm-hmm. I don't know that I'd pick out coconut either, but yeah. maple for sure. That sweetness, butterscotch, I would not have thought of, but you were 100 percent right. Um, so I've tasted it as well. That's what I'm getting at. Yeah. It's dude, this is super good. Um, it's real good. It's huge. It's not terribly carbonated. There is like a little sort of, um, spiciness isn't uh, not culinarily spicy, but, but spritzy sort of carbonation, mm-hmm. but it's not overbearing or anything. It's pretty thick and very, very mouth coating. Yeah. It's so smooth. Definitely. Decadent is a good word for this beer. It's a great word. Lush. Yeah. Yeah, fucking lush. I gotta start even stealing that. Lush, lush. Yeah, yeah. Uh, dude, I really dig it. Um, it's pretty unassuming as a can too. It's a twelve ounce can and um, art on the front that I really dislike. Um, maybe you could describe that. I don't. It's, uh, it's, it's like hands it's being held. Multiple but. hands, uh, two hands with too many fingers, yes. and they're all intertwined. Bothers me. <laughs> sort of violates the human envelope in a way that makes me sick. Bodies aren't <laughs> supposed to do that. Um, other than that, though, uh, just a pretty straightforward can in in multiple languages on the back, but. Uh, Man, this is these. This doesn't ever make it around, does it? No, that's a bummer because it would be nice if we had at least at least one or two more of these to share with patrons, or people could just get it because this is um yeah this is a great unique drinking experience. I haven't had something like this in in a very long time. Yeah, I like it because it is sweet and it is a pastry stout, but it does not hit me as just so sickly sweet. I can only take four ounces. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? You think that's the alcohol? It might be the alcohol coupled with the barrel notes, which just seem to really cut through that. Like there's, it's mm. sweet, but it also has a bit more substance to it than just relying on sweetness. There's like a bit of a depth and complexity to it, where you get like the oaky notes, the vanilla, the heat from soaking up some of that, that whiskey or the bourbon, I should say. That's still whiskey. Yeah, um, different grain bill. Whatever. No, no, that's the same. Uh, you got your this is dumb. I got my book right there though. I just unpacked it. Whiskey, bourbon, rye, Irish whiskey, scotch. Mm. It's all whiskey. Gotcha. Uh, depending on if you spell it with an uh, E or without an E. doesn't matter. This is a good beer. <laughs> it's um, really good. Yeah, there's there's some toastiness, like, a, like a, a, maybe not toasty, a roasty sort of quality to the chocolate up front, too, that I really enjoy that might not be everybody's bag because it is almost bordering on sort of a, yeah, yeah, I mean, you know, like a not burnt chocolate. It's not quite that far, but a very sort of um, light hints of sort of um charcoaly acidity so i was just in a place called the penny candy store oh nice if you've ever been in uh live oak yeah yeah i haven't um if you've ever been there under the counter right by the register like most candy stores they've got this array of just handmade artisanal chocolates Oh, okay you know and this i was looking at some i didn't buy any but um it has the aroma of that aisle of just yeah. right by the counter yeah. where like you've got your the what are they pecan caramel turtles and sure. fudge, fudge and yeah. just so many like delicately crafted sweet confections that mm-hmm. and they just that smell kind of congeals mm-hmm. into one overwhelming aroma of just dessert. Yep. And this beer smells like that. It smells like yeah. the chocolate aisle at the candy store. I feel like there's always like weird heat coming out, like because like the ice cream machines right there, and it's like it's like hot chocolate in the air. <laughs> yeah, um, but I know exactly. Yeah, if you've ever been to a can- like uh, Schubert's here in town, has the same sort of mm-hmm. vibe. 
on the counter to the right when you walk in. Yeah. Yeah, it's a very specific sort of uh, f- smell that brings back a lot of memories if you've been to places like that in your childhood or, or adulthood. Nope, no judgment. Yeah, I was just there yesterday. Yep, it's good. This is great. This it's, is yeah, this is great. I didn't say that accidentally. That's, I think this is great. This is a tremendous beer. Like we said, this is a 12-ounce can. You mentioned you can drink more than four ounces, right? Mm-hmm. Would you drink the whole 12? Yeah. It's too sweet for me. I would regret it, but yeah. You'd regret it the next day because it's 16%, or you'd regret it moments later because it's so it packed of sugar. In like an hour. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's gonna be a that's gonna be a reason for me not to to rate it as high as I would if I were just, you know, just going off of flavor alone. Well, to be fair, if you ordered this beer in a bar, it would come in like a six or eight ounce pour. So I don't think this twelve ounce can necessarily is a serving size. I disagree because this is not served in bars or anything. This is the only serving size we could ever possibly get, certainly in America, in the uh universe we are observing now. In the current version of the metaverse yep. we're yeah, in. Right. No, this is it. This is how it's served. They could yeah. they could make eight ounce cans. They could make an eight point what is that? Eight point four ounce can if they want like a Red Bull. Yeah. They don't. No. This is too big. Too much. I don't. I don't care this much. I'm just trying to make a point. <laughs> it's a weird hill, man. Yep. <laughs> That's fine. No, I think splitting this 12 ounce can is is perfect. Yes, I think this is a great beer to share with one other person. I was instructed upon receipt of this gift to share mm-hmm. it with someone special. So uh, we've shared it with all of you listeners. Yeah, in exactly. a sense. <laughs> and Max, you just happened to be available. Yeah, so here right. we are. Um, I think I think by virtue of the smoothness of this, we are not emphasizing, or at least I'm not. The insanity this is 16%. Yeah. That's absurd. This is 2% stronger than the strongest for loco. That's a weird scale, but one that I guess sort of applies to this show in a weird way. Um, what's the strongest beer you've had? Higher math? 23, something like that. What's Utopia? What's Utopia? From Sam Adams. I, Sam Adams makes a 23% beer? Something like that. There's some some really high ones. It's the one that comes in like the copper. I've thing. never heard of this, so that's fine. Yeah, I think it might be like Utopias or something weird. It's up there, probably in the eight, like low eight, low teens or high teens, low twenties, I believe. That's wild. I think my strongest one was the the Pizza Money beer. What is it called? Do you know from Evil Twin? Cash Pizza Money. Cash Money problem. Something like that. Beer? Whatever. Yeah, I don't know. The one that they brewed. It's the Cash Money, money. Stout. Mm. Pretty sure. I don't think so, dude. Okay. I'll look it up. But I think that one's like 17.3. And I've had that. And I actually like that beer. Nobody does. But I, I liked it despite the sort of gimmicky, you know, nature of it. But yeah. this is up there with like the strongest Jacob, Uncle Jacob Stout. Mm-hmm. That's like 16.5 maybe, 16.4. It's up there. 17, I think. Something. Yeah. It doesn't matter. It's way up There's there. There's some that are up there. Um, Very few that are as smooth as this one. Yeah. To the point that I'm really up until this point hadn't talked about the ABV enough to it. Now I have. I feel good now. But before that, <laughs> we need to say at least one more thing. Uh-huh. And I've said it, so I, I feel good now. No, it's smooth, enjoyable. It kind of smells like fudge mixed with macaroons. Yeah. So nice. I, yes. Yeah. What would you eat? I, my instinct is to be like, this would pair nice with chocolate cake. But I think you would actually die. My first thought was I would love to eat a ripe strawberry with this. Now that's healthy. That's a good way to do it. But good like, it you. just reminds me it would chocolate covered strawberries all day. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be so, great. Or a blueberry. I, I don't like that. I don't like that at all. No, I don't like when people put chocolate on blueberries throws me off. What about a raisin. Who does that? The people at the raisinette factory. That's disgusting. No one really raises nets. I've seen thing. yogurt, I've, which is gross. No, too. Chocolate covered pretzels are one of the most popular. That's different. You said raisins. Food. Don't I go said. from raisins to pretzels and, and think that I'm saying no, the I same said thing. Raisins. I know, but then you just said pretzels. I meant raisins. Oh, because chocolate. Well, because chocolate covered pretzels are very good. Yeah. I no, chocolate covered okay. raisins have been a thing forever. Well, that's disgusting. <laughs> so. They're not bad. They're chewy. Yeah. So are milk duds, though. 
Yeah, but milk does won't rip out your. Well, they will. Yeah, milk does will rip out your teeth. <laughs> yeah, it's fine. <laughs> Let's rate this. Yeah. Yeah. Times eight from give me give me everything again. Lurvig and Stillwater. Mm-hmm. I guess I mean I'll give you everything again. Okay. Uh, times eight, sixteen percent. Uh, thanks again to Lori here. Let's give it a rating out of ten. Uh, Godspeed. What do you think? Nine one. That's high, man. This is wow. This is probably my favorite pastry stout ever. Yeah. Double stack's a pastry stout, is it not? Yeah. Okay, so this I've is, outgrown double stack. Have I've you? matured. I've matured, evolved. Yeah. The beer's too sweet. I would argue. Granted, you've had that beer more than me. I would argue this is of a similar degree of sweetness, but it's different because yeah. it's more multifaceted than just maple syrup. Exactly. And the problem with double stack is it, once you drink it, you can't taste anything else but maple yeah, syrup for like three syrup. days. Mm-hmm. So unless you own stock in IHOP, you're not stoked about that. I am really, really interested in the fortuitous events that are about, or potentially not fortuitous events that are about to unfold because that sort of lingering sweetness from a beer this strong or as strong as double stack is, um, arguably wrecking one's palate. I know for a fact you're about to try a beer after our recording today, which is in no way, shape, or form of a similar uh, vibe to this. Yeah. I know that it's a triple IPA, mm-hmm. and I would guess without a doubt this will influence your palate in some way, unless you can somehow shake the magnitude of flavor that's cascading in my mouth hole. I'm going to eat some Pringles, drink Pring- some water. I think water's the move. With Pringles. I guess Salt sure. cleanses the palate. Sure, water-coated Pringles. You about to tell me that's a thing? In your Chocolate. mouth. <laughs> they, okay. make cho- they made chocolate-covered Pringles for a minute. What is wrong with us? Americans are fat. Is it American? Yeah. I feel like, are Pringles American? Of course they are. Yeah. Yeah, of course they are. Okay, times eight for me. Here we go. Eight. That feels a little high, actually, but I'm mm. going to stick with it. Um, I wouldn't want an entire can by myself. It's very sweet, but as things like this go, granted there aren't many things like this, it's very good. Uh, but it'll come down to personal preference, I think. I think so, yeah. And for me, it's an 8 out of 10. And for me, it's a 9-1. This is everything I want in a pastry stout. Moving on? Moving on. Hot Welcome to Hot and Bothered. It's the portion of this year's show where we talk about what's got us excited or bummed out for the week. We lump it in, all one thing. We just call it Hot and Bothered. It's easier that way, most of the time. Sometimes it's not. You're searching for something. I'm just pulling up info. On what? Something. All right. Why don't you go first then? Oh. Keep me waiting. <laughs> oh, yeah. No. I, uh, yeah, I was actually pulling up info on uh, my bothered this week. Okay. That's what I'm, that's, I'm trying to lead you, lead you to the, to the promised land right now. What's got you bothered? Kimmy. Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, for people that don't know, Kimmy was a movie that came out February 10th uh, on HBO Max and maybe some theaters somewhere. I don't know. Yeah, I haven't no. seen it playing anywhere, mainly HBO Max. Uh, So brief synopsis, a tech worker with agoraphobia discovers recorded evidence of a violent crime, but is met with resistance when she tries to report it. Seeking justice, she must do the thing she fears the most. She must leave her apartment. Uh, (laughs) It was good. It sounded like Minority Report until you got to the last sentence. Yeah. Um, Okay. So this is a trash movie. Yeah. It starred Zoe Kravitz, uh, Erica Christensen, Rita Wilson, and a couple hapless... um, Sidekicks. Not sidekicks, uh, assassins. Oh. Hitmen. What's this rated? This was rated R. Violence? Language? Violence. Oh, and she was topless in one scene. Okay. So nudity, violence, okay. language. And there like there's a recording of a murder. Okay. How yeah. long how long is it? It's two hours and twenty nine. Yeah, that minutes seems long. like a mistake. Um 
Um, 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 is this set in the future? It feels futuristic or not? Set in right now. That so sucks. so right. the whole crux of this movie is she is working for a company that makes Kimmy, which is essentially an Alexa. Okay. And Kimmy is different because she's moderated and monitored by real people to help hone in. There's no algorithm. It's people monitoring all the things you ask. And oh. so she essentially gets goes to her home office and has a whole list of issues where people have asked for things. Mm-hmm. It plays the wrong Taylor Swift song. It starts a station for Can Taylor. Can you imagine that being your job? No. Man, that would suck. Yeah. It's top it, of the list of sucky just, jobs. Yeah. Awful. Yeah. Uh, and... I might spoil this a little bit just because I think it's a trash movie. I will not watch it. Yeah. Uh, so the, the whole movie is her hearing this recording of someone getting murdered. And it turns out this recording was of um, like a it was a mistress of one of the guys that owns this company. Uh, the Kimmy Company. Yeah. So his bum, bum, bum. his mistress, he hired hitmen to kill her oh, to okay. cover up his affair, sure. blah, blah, sure. blah. Sure. And then she finds out, so naturally, this evil tech billionaire turns has to kill his, her. Has to, has to kill of her. Of course, you gotta you gotta cut the loose ends. Obviously, Tie, what is it? Cut the loose ends. Tie up loose ends. Tie up the loose ends. Yeah. They, or cut them. They're Just, well, they're loose ends because someone cut them. You have to tie them again. I guess. I don't know. That makes sense. I don't know. I don't know enough about loose ends. Sure. But anyways, it was just so drawn out. Two and a half hours. Way too long. Yep. This this character was really not likable, and I get it. She had mental health issues and was a little, you know, not. She was just not likable. Yeah, that's fine. That's what I'm saying. There was not a likable character. The plot went about three feet, and they could have wrapped this up in a tight 90. Right. It felt like a Hitman-type, on-the-run suspense movie from, like, the late 90s, early 2000s. But worse. But not, yeah, but worse. But with, like, trying to inject modern-day technology and its evils in just a way that wasn't clever and felt super done. Okay, that makes sense. How did it play out? Did she? Did she didn't die? I know that it doesn't. No, sound like that. she won. No, she crawled up to the apartment above hers where they were doing renovations, got a nail gun, okay, and proceeded to shoot all of the intruders in her home that were trying to kill her with a nail gun. I think if you don't hit them in the eye, I don't think they die from that. Yeah, I'm not sure. It wasn't very believable. That was the climax. That was like the big final uh-huh. fight. Hmm. Yeah. Was there a car chase in this? No. There was a foot chase. I bet you there was. Did did at one point did she run in the front and then knock over a stack of boxes behind her as the henchman and then they fell over it. I think it was a dresser. There was definitely same that idea. Trip. Yeah, I that, need that trip to happen. I need that to happen. And there was sense. a foot chase through a stairwell. Through a stairwell or like in down a stairwell. Okay. Yeah. Like like this like the rectangle. Oh yeah. You know from, the stairwell. It's the it's the. Do you ever see the movie Shoot 'Em Up with Clive Owen? Mm-hmm. Great movie. Well, not a great movie. Cool it's movie. Very good at what it's trying to do. Uh, there's that stairwell sort of fight scene. I'm sure that this movie didn't do it that well, but no. that's a pretty it common. Just a lot of her running and being anxious. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's on HBO Max. Kimmy, K I M M I. Yeah, I did the research to save you guys the time. Just that's, yeah, just skip. Just it. all right. Fair enough. Um, I watched Prisoners. Yeah, you mentioned that. That is on the opposite end of the spectrum in terms of quality. Prisoners is a 2013. Maybe you can fact check anything I'm about to say. It's a 2013 film by director Denis Villeneuve, who did Arrival, who did Blade Runner 2049, who just did Dune. Um, it stars um, Jake Gyllenhaal and Hugh Ackman. That's right. Um, and and the the and the, Paul Dano and Viola Davis and Terrence Howard. I'm gonna yeah yes. Don't say anything else because you never know what's actually because some of the characters you're like I didn't know this person was in it. Everything you just said is safe. Um, Hugh Ackman's daughter gets kidnapped. And Jake Gyllenhaal plays the police detective assigned to his case. 
and it's sort of a drawn-out character study of both the lengths a father will go to to, for better or for worse, um, find his child, and the lengths that a detective will go to to doing his or her job ethically uh, for better or for worse and getting things done versus the, the price you have to pay if you can't get things done. There's a lot of religious stuff in there too. Um, it's a very, very good watch. I started it at about 1130, uh, on like a Thursday or something. And it was about two and a half hours long. So I went to bed at two, but I could not turn it off. It was very gripping. Jake Gyllenhaal, who I love is great. Hugh Jackman, who I love also great. Well worth a watch. It's on Hulu, I think. Mm -hmm. Um, so check it out. It's been on my list for a long time. I like Denis Villeneuve. You like most of his films with the exception of Arrival. Yeah. Uh, which almost everyone of you got to see it again. Cause I think it'll change your mind. doesn't matter. Neither here nor there. Um, that's what I think you should watch if you um, are looking for something to enjoy. If you're looking for something not to enjoy, watch Kimmy, I guess, is the takeaway. Yeah, I think that really is. Uh, before we get out of here for the day, I have to close close the book. Close the loop? Close Tie, the, off, tie the loose end? Close the book Okay, what on is the it? book of Boba Fett. Oh, finally. Yeah. Good. I've been, you know, giving you minor updates, but mm -hmm. yeah, rest, season one wrapped. We just had the, the final episode, uh, and I'm just going to give you a brief overview of what I thought of the whole thing. Lay it on me. Uh, so... The character of Boba Fett in a lot of ways was very disappointing in this series. They took away a lot of the the stoicism and the bad guy out of him. We get a ton of backstory essentially from the Sarlacc pit all the way up to when he's basically taking over Jabba the Hutt's territory and becomes kind of like a, the crime boss governor, quid pro like not governor, but he's the acting guy. He, he runs the show. Um so it definitely personalizes him in a lot of ways, but it also takes away a lot of the cool factor. From, Don't meet your heroes, man. From Boba Fett. Yeah. 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 Like every scene he's in, he just takes his helmet off. And But it's like played as like the first time you've ever seen it. No, but oh. it's just annoying because oh, okay. like you're the killer bounty hunter. You're kind of the villain, but also they turned him into a bit of a good guy. I don't know. It was just, I had qualms about the character of Boba Fett in this series and his character development. Mm -hmm. um, but... I don't think it's spoilery because the season finale has been out for a while. Mm, mm -mm, no, mm -mm, nothing, mm. nothing. The moment I thought it was okay to take a drink. No, please, no. No, no spoiler, but okay. Uh, if you're a fan of The Mandalorian. I still haven't seen that either. Which you should. Okay, but I still haven't, so. <laughs> don't watch Book of Boba Fett oh, one of before those. you That's... watch Mandalorian. Oh, okay. The two shows are very symbiotic in the current iteration of the Star Wars universe. You're saying watch both, but definitely watch The Mandalorian first. 100%. Okay, sure. Yeah. You told me kind of a spoiler for The Mandalorian. A couple weeks ago, you were mixing up left and right Boba Fett and Mandalorian. Probably. But I'm pretty sure if I decoded your um, your misplaced jargon correctly, what you said was there was a surprise cameo from The Mandalorian in the book of Boba Fett. Is that right? That's 100% accurate. Is that what you're dancing around right now? Yeah. Okay. You've Basic, <laughs> yeah. No, I meant just in general. Like You have to watch it yeah. first because... There's major Mandalorian spoilers in Book of Boba Fett. I see. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Good. So All right. watch them in that order. But once you're caught up on The Mandalorian, enjoy Book of Boba Fett. The okay. two shows exist very symbiotically, and I'm really curious to see where they go with both characters in the next season of both shows. Last we had talked, we were talking about Euphoria mm -hmm. in, in sort of my streaming life. Yep. And we had a pretty good lengthy conversation about how it's it's sort of bordering on anxiety porn yeah. to some extent. And there was one more episode out at the time. It was episode five of season two. And I cautioned you against watching. I was like, just don't watch it. Yeah. Basically is what I said. I think as a blanket statement, yeah. season one, good for the most part. Season two, 
hasn't shown me to, for that to be true. Still watched it. it. I stand by what I said. It was just, it was an entire episode, season, or episode five was, of stress. Oof. And yelling and addict behavior. It was horrible. Yeah. I can't wait to watch episode six. Yeah. I'm going to watch it probably tonight. So it's not turning a corner. Not really. And and the parallels of addiction in that show and the addiction I am feeling to watching it bothers me, kind of. But it's also kind of nice. <laughs> Once the season's over, I would like a full yes. report on season one versus season two. Okay. And I would love to hear your opinion on what made season one so great and why season two is not. I will do that. I if... Will- if that's the case, yeah, uh, I will table the euphoria for now, and I will revisit it when it is done. Perfect. Okay. Well, that's all I had. I wanted to close the book of Boba Fett. Consider it closed. Closed. Uh, I'm good then for the week too. If you got anything else, I think we're there, man. Did you? You already uh, teased what we're doing next week. Maybe let's do it again. Do it again. Why I did not? it at the top of the show. So, like we said at the top of the show, we're drinking some beers from Bike Dog. Uh, not sure what yet, so if you want to grab some Bike Dogs, have fun. We're also going to be covering the film King Richard. It is a contender for Best Picture in the Academy Awards. Uh, Johnny, where is it available if people want to watch it? We are going to be renting it on Vudu. Sweet. I think it's also available to rent on Amazon Prime, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but at the very least, rent it. You can uh, sit through all of our spoilers and all of our fun. Um, so be prepared if you'd like. In the meantime, I think that's all I've got. So I'm Max Bernardi. I'm Johnny Summers. Thanks again for joining us. Don't forget, watch good stuff, whatever makes you happy. Uh, Drink some tasty beers with your friends. And above all else, be excellent to each other. We love you guys. We'll see you next week. This is Fresh Hop Cinema.